Бутик Политик. Авторская программа Кирилла Задова, посвященная текущим мировым проблемам. Бутик Политик. Предвзятый обзор, субъективные комментарии и искренние оценки Кирилла Задова. С понедельника по четверг с 4 до 5. Бутик Политик. Сказал, как обрезал. Приветствую вас, друзья. С вами Кирилл Задов. Это Бутик Политик. Сегодня 21 ноября 2023 вторник. Сегодняшняя у нас программа специальная. И по специальному расписанию она пройдет. В гостях у нас сегодня будет Лиз Берни, адвокат, директор департамента отдела специальных проектов и исследований, самой старой произраильской организации США, ZOA, сионистской организации Америки. И, естественно, интервью будет по-английски, потому что, несмотря на то, что русский язык, скорее всего, был языком бабушек и дедушек Лиз Берни, но это интервью возможно провести только по-английски, потому что тогда оно может получиться, оно должно получиться тогда э, осмысленным, иначе это совсем может быть другая история. Поэтому, друзья, по-английски, но ну, я думаю, что наши радиослушатели в основном и зрители моего YouTube-канала в том числе смогут это спокойно понять, но если нет, попросить кого-то помочь с переводом, я думаю, что это проблем больших не составит. В любом случае, Лиз Берни уже была у нас в эфире один раз до этого, и, по-моему, разговор получился очень продуктивным и интересным. Напоминаю, что вы можете мне писать 3-4-7-4-6-0-0-8-7-7, это смс-портал прямого эфира для всех, кто в прямом эфире меня смотрит и слушает. Но, опять же, Подписывайтесь на канал Кирилл Задова в Ютубе, это очень просто сделать, зайти, набрать Google Search или YouTube Search Кирилл Задов, получить канал, там надо ставить лайки, комментировать, и это поднимает программу в ленте для других пользователей Ютуба. И опять же, там огромный достаточно архив, большой архив, меньше, чем на SoundCloud, тем не менее он большой за несколько лет, и можно, ну такая историческая хроника получится интересно, можно в архиве найти некоторые программы, которые, правда, даже сегодня мне интересно пересматривать, потому как... Мнения меняются, жизнь идет, и за последние четыре года мы стали свидетелями многих вещей, которые реально прям поменяли наше представление о мироздании. Бутик Политик сказал, как обрезал. Лиз Берни, welcome on board. It's pleasure to see you again here. Pleasure to see you. Pleasure to see you again, Carol. I heard that uh, you was trying today to attend a uh, trial for uh, Arab gang that uh, almost killed Joe Bergen. Yes, yes, I was there at the sentencing this morning, which is very interesting. I actually have my um, Justice for Joey hat right here, and a lot of us, almost a hundred of us showed up at um, at the uh, sentencing hearing. This was for, it was supposed to be for three of the attackers, the three worst attackers. Uh, it turned out that uh, two of the attackers' sentencings were postponed. They've all pleaded guilty by now. I mean, it's obvious that they're guilty. There were videos of what happened. And um, the sentencing, the sentence could have been anywhere from... Um, three and a half years to 15 years. The prosecutor asked for six and a half years. And um, the... Uh, Don't you think it's... I'm sorry for interrupting. Don't you think it's a little light? A little what? Yeah, light. It's kind of... Uh, I don't know. It's the, the number of years for such a crime should be probably... A prosecution should ask for more. Don't you think? 
Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, but uh, you know, I mean, it could have been up to fi- it could have been up to fifteen years. And yeah, I, I think this it's a horrible crime. Um, the uh, person who was uh, Mohammed Musa, who was uh, Mahmoud Musa, who was sentenced today, was stomping on Joey Borgen's face, um, kept kicking him when he was on the ground. I mean, this this was he, I, I don't know for those of people in the audience who don't know what happened um joey was wearing a keeper just walking by and this all of a sudden he was surrounded by a gang of about six arab attackers um who pummeled him to the ground who doused him uh up close including his face blinded him with uh pepper spray um kicking him hitting him with weapons hitting him with a crutch um, and this was premeditated. Before that, uh, they went through uh, the streets. Uh, this was all happened in Midtown Manhattan. Before that, they went through the streets um, on the back with a, at, you know, at standing up in a pickup truck at the back of the pickup truck and throwing firecrackers into a crowd. And they injured a woman there. I mean, this was you know really a very very heinous crime. Um, one of the um, one of the attackers initially was only going to get six months, and you know we and others just made a huge uproar about that. Um, he eventually got an 18-month sentence, um, and the three worst attackers, as I said, were up up today. Um, the judge um, actually gave more than the prosecutor uh, asked for. She gave him seven years, um, and she went over all the factors. Um, why that you know why why he needs that kind of sent why he should have that kind of sentence? Um, interestingly, while he was in prison awaiting sentencing, um, he attacked a woman a woman guard and attacked her breasts and, and uh, you know was fought, tried to fondle her breasts and you know sexual assault um, and and I think when that came out there was just a gasp that. You know, this guy is, is, you know, after doing something so heinous and, and knowing that he's going to be sentenced for it, he still goes ahead and does something like this. Um, and Joey, uh, in the beginning of, you know, sort of at, at, towards the beginning of this, he gave what's called a victim statement. Um, and he talked about how this is having a lifetime impact on his him. Every day he's in pain. Um, he's had surgery on his wrist. Um, when he just tries to pick up his dog, his wrist hurts. I mean, his wrist is constantly hurting him. He's probably going to need another surgery on that. Um, he was hospitalized. Um, I don't know if you know, many of your readers may have seen you know, the terrible shape he was in You know, just after the attack. Um, incidentally, it's, uh, the attack ended when the New York City police stopped it and, you know, and rescued him. It's not like as if the attackers, um, you know, decided to to walk away at some point. So it was an attempted they, murder. Um, they would kill him. Yeah, they wanted absolutely. They so why then? Him. I'm sorry, but why then? Persecution is not an attempting attempting murder. I think you know. I, I agree with you. Yeah, you know, and especially with everything and all the anti-Semitism that's going on now, you have to throw the book at people who are attacking people just because they're Jewish, or obviously, or just because they're any other, you know, but Jew, Jews have been, the, the, we're bearing the, the biggest brunt of this. Um, you have to throw the book at people for these hate crimes and this attempted murder. Um, and interestingly, at the end, we, we, we really packed the courtroom. We had, um, as I said, almost 100 people there. Um, we had heard that a lot of Arabs were to come out, but apparently they didn't. 
um, but they were in like sort of two back rows, and there was one guy who had uh, you know, the kafia on, and after they heard the sentence, he got up and you know and saying, "Oh, we love you, brother!" Like you know, like we're proud of you. We're proud of you for attacking a Jew. That's mm-hmm. not that, that you know. That's not the lesson that we want. No, but I think you know. I, I guess the feeling is that seven years is going to teach this guy something. We hope. It's too much. It's right. too little. It's too little. Too late. And now he, in seven years, he's going to be out, <laughs> and he's going to be here on the yeah. street. Sandon should be fifteen yeah. years. Yeah. In my yeah. no, in I, my I opinion, agree. I don't know. I agree. I agree. The, the, I agree. The more, the better. You want you want to have. You know, it, it, this is just so heinous. What's going on? System what's is not ready. The, the system the system streets. is not ready. That's, I think, the yep. the verdict. The system is not good. Listen, I want. Uh, I understand that this is it's horrible. Everything that you just told me, I I didn't follow right. that story. Like, because you know, I'm concentrated more on international issues in the in this show, and right, I'm right. trying to, when I hear anti-Semitism, I'm trying not to think, because I know that the, the the sickness is not curable. Uh, it's not curable in this country. I think what we have to do, we have to get weapons. We have to protect ourselves. We have to gather for militia because it's not possible for government to protect. That's, I think, our own. Yeah. It's our own, I think, business. What, how, how we're going to protect ourselves. Police is helping. I see police officers. I'm sorry. I see, uh, I see police officers over schools, over synagogues, over events a lot now since October 7. That I see, oh, and absolutely. I'm grateful. I'm grateful to police and, and YPD because they do what they can, and they like uh, they do help a lot. But the question right. is, uh, the more the more important now, I think, for us to discuss is our current situation since in which we are in right now since October seventh. Right. I just of, want, I want to mention. Yeah. I, I'd like to mention one other thing about this, which is that he belonged to a group called um, WOL within our lifetime, which is. Um, an, an Arab-Palestinian uh, anti-Israel group in the United States, states and their, one of their mottos is globalized the intifada. And as you you know, the intifadas, or intifada is a call for murdering Jews. The first, in, you had, you know, several intifadas in Israel in which, you know, a total of thousands of Jews, probably 10,000 Jews were, were murdered or maimed. Um, and so they're calling for globalizing this, meaning attacking Jews Everywhere. So that's a matter uh, of F- FBI. Belong- so why guy, FBI is not on them? Be- yeah, and this guy belonged to that organization and was involved with that organization. I see. That's sad. Uh, overall, Liz, since October the 7th, if you would uh, give a, like a number, like uh, from 1 to 10, how would you describe uh, behavior of our United States administration towards Israel and toward the conflict, in in your opinion, how it looks like? Um, initially, he said. Initially, Biden said the right things, and most of the right things. Um, but um, the actions have been a real. Pro- a lot of the actions have been a problem. Um, I mean, there's support. There's been support militarily. But um, there have been a lot, I, I don't know that I can give it a number, but there have been a lot of things that are really bad. Um, on the same day that you had this huge rally, you know, last Tuesday, uh, in which 300,000 people, of, you know, Jews and friends of, of the Jewish people showed up in Washington um, you know, to support Israel, um, th- that very same day, 
uh, Biden released $10 billion, $10 billion of, of uh, money to Iran, which is you know, the major sponsor of this, you know, and behind Hezbollah, behind the Houthis, which are sending rockets at Israel, and behind, you know, the Hezbollah, and behind the Iraqi militias, which are also sending rockets over, um, and also hitting our, our U.S. troops. I mean, th this is inconceivable. And it, it did it on the exact same day. Also, on the exact same day, you had a problem with the Democrats in Congress. Um, Schumer got up at the rally and said that he's going to make sure that Israel gets the aid it needs. And that day, twice, he and every single Democrat voted to block the aid to um, the, the standalone bill to, to give uh, Israel $14 billion that it, need, that it needs right now. Um, that bill was passed by the House uh, back in November 2nd. And... You know, and the Senate's been blocking it because they want to tie it to other things that they want. It's political. Um, it's a game. It's not about Israel. It's about overall game between Republicans and Democrats. It's partisanship. And it's uh, Ukraine money also in this. So it's a very big, right. it's not anti-Israeli thing. I would th think about uh, that pressure that constantly Department of State, which are subordinates right. of President of the United States, right. uh put BB on the fire constantly, calling him constantly, speaking to him, yes. and trying to uh, uh, organize ceasefires every day for four hours, this and that. Right. But uh, And also, they didn't veto the resolution of United Nations Security Council that talks about those ceasefires as a mandatory thing. Right. Right, yeah. Um, I, I, I want to go... go quickly through another couple of things that he's doing and then and then talk a little more at length about the UN Security Council resolution which is a real problem um, first of all Biden since the outset has been calling for the Palestine at the end of the day after Hamas is hopefully wiped out um, or to whatever degree it's wiped out he wants to bring in the Palestinian Authority and that is replacing and, and also still calling for a Palestinian state, which is outrageous. This is replacing one terror regime with, an with another terror regime. The Palestinian Authority pays terrorists to murder Jews. I mean, you know, 30 people from there, you know, 30 Jews were killed by, by attacks from there in the last 18 months, or more than that. Um, you know, this is, this is outrageous. And this was, you know, from the beginning, he kept talking about this. Um, also, had a press conference last week, two days after the, the big Washington rally, also in a Washington Post op-ed this past weekend. He was talk, talking about all this again. He's also restricting, he also wants to restrict Israel's rights um, to assure that Gaza is no longer a terror base. And he's saying, oh, well, Israel, you know, we can't reduce any of the territory of Gaza. Israel shouldn't reduce that. Well, we, we may very well need to have a demilitarized zone. Um, and he's saying, oh, well, there should be no Israel occupation. Well, you know something, in 2005, when Israel evacuated from Gaza and left Gaza, everybody was saying, well, you know, if it doesn't work, if they turn it into a terror base, Israel can go back in. Well, now they're not saying that. They say, oh, well, Israel, you know, Israel should just wipe out Hamas, and then you know, but 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 almost everybody is educated to be Hamas. There, there, the um, I don't know if you saw the Carolyn Glick article, which laid out all the recent polls, which showed you know that seventy-five percent of Palestinians, both in the West Bank and in Gaza, support what happened on October seventh. Sure, Hamas. But they support and Hamas. Twelve percent right. don't have any opinion. <laughs> 
And you also have to remember that on October 7th, it wasn't just Hamas that was that was uh, torturing and killing and raping and gouging out eyes of you know, innocent Jews and burning babies. It was also um, thousands of, of Palestinian civilians, including children as young as 10 years old, were participating in this. This is, you know, the whole, you know, you have the whole, a whole population that's a problem. So saying we're going to have a Palestinian state or we're going to have a Palestinian authority is <laughs> just replacing one terror regime with another. It's not helpful. And, you know, it's very counterproductive. Another thing that happened was that um, they're still supporting UNRWA, the UN Relief and Works Agency. Um, on November 17th, it was also last week, <coughs> the uh, Principal Deputy National Security Advisor, John Finer, called up the head of, the U of UNRWA and assured him that the Biden administration remains committed to supporting UNRWA's work. That's outrageous. UNRWA has been hiding uh, the weapons for, for Hamas in its schools, um, in its facilities, uh, for years. Um, they're the one, their UNRWA schools are teaching the Palestinian children to become martyrs. I mean, every single subject is pervaded by this. Even the math problems or you know, if you have 10 martyrs and, you know, two of them were killed, you know, how many martyrs do you have left? Uh, it, it, it's, it, it, it's, Beyond belief that the United States is still, you know, that the Biden administration still wants to support UNRWA. And by the way, uh, Trump cut off all of the um, all of the funds to, to UNRWA that Obama was sending. He stopped funding UNRWA because of this, because because of, uh, you know, that all they do is, is incite more terror. And uh, when Biden came into office, he resumed of sending funding to to UNRWA. I mean, between the Palest you know other Palestinians and, and uh, projects and UNRWA, he sent over 1.5 billion to them. And don't you think that, of course, that's going to help help them, uh, you know, with with their terror operations? Um, One you know, second now. Can I? I'm sorry, I have to intervene in this particular point right. and the others also. Uh, let's start with Mahmoud Abbas, who's paying money to families of murderers of Jews. We have to understand yes. the paradigm in which Mahmoud Abbas exists. It's uh, enough for vast majority of Palestinians calling him a puppet show, calling him Israeli puppet. And if he's not even paying money to, uh, he gotta give something. He cannot just uh, pretend everything is fine because, um, as we, as you write, as you properly noticed, uh, Hamas support. If in Yudava Shamron, amongst Arabs are huge. If you come to Hebron, right. you see green flags. So he got to exist somehow. And uh, I know the position Caroline Gleek holds. I spoke to her, uh, interviewed her once, read her book. Uh, she said right. that she said that Palestinian Authority should be just liquidated, and all those twenty-five, thirty thousand former Tanzim fighters now. Uh, Palestinian police force should be demilitarized, uh, weapons should be confiscated, and that's it. And Israel should uh, annex the territory, that's understood. But as, lo as long as nation doesn't want to annex the Udava Shamron, it's not going to work. And somebody got to do police work there. And that is something else. And Abbas, if we, if you need, if we need Palestinian authority to do, to delegate to them certain part of our Israeli work, then he gotta do what he gotta do to survive. He understand the real 
picture. We know uh, uh, writings, text of my, that uh, conversation, last conversation he had with uh, Bush in uh, 2007 or 2008 in, in, uh, in that uh, Virginia place. Uh, they had uh, they have talks, negotiations. And he said that uh, different thing he said, and that's all in protocol. They all like uh, in writing, but they were not published. That he understand real picture of what's going on. So, and he's not new on this. And for us, probably, uh, it serves our interest too, at least short term, to keep him in position of uh, race of president of Palestinian Authority. So that no, uh, claim. I disagree. I dis- no, you disagree? Carol, I disagree. We, uh, Abbas is constantly inciting against Israel. Um, what else identity. can he do? Yeah. He, I, I, you know, he's constantly inciting. They have these same problems with the education system there, teaching terror. Right. Um, you have the summer camps teaching terror. Yes, true. You have the sports teams uh, teaching terror. You have the media. You have specials, you know, uh, celebrating like Dalal Maghrabi, who, who uh, carried out the Coastal Road massacre. Um, and, and the other, you know, the other terrorists are, are, are vaunted as heroes. When somebody kills Jews, not only do they, do they get so... Uh, money for life what their family does um they also you know in huge amounts of money you know multiple of what um you know several like i think four times of what the average salary is there um but they also have their picture they're celebrated as a hero they have posters all over for that's them. right you're absolutely right so caroline gleek is, is right we should authority. yeah they're, we should do, we should before, cancel it before we had we yeah, before cancel. we had the Palestinian Authority in 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 uh, you know when you in in nineteen uh, you know in 1995, 1993, when you start it's uh, Oslo you know, you right the Oslo Accords you had a lot less terrorism the terrorism went up four times as soon as the Palestinian Authority went in and you've had all you know you didn't have suicide bombers before they went in you know it was a very different story because you gave in um, you gave in yeah that's it yeah this is the start anyway right. um to, Do you want me to get to the UN Security Council? Yes, sure, sure. Uh, but also, okay. yeah, okay. We'll let, later probably we'll talk. Maybe next time we'll talk about uh, uh, what's the solution for that Palestinian Authority thing. Because this is a serious question. Okay. Somebody got to govern them. If we don't want to annex, if nation is not ready, somebody got to do it. And we both understand that there cannot be any Palestinian state in New Davishamron. It's not possible. I think at a minimum you, you need a demilitarized zone, you know, like a, you know, like you have, you know, up in Syria where you have, uh, you know, an area, you know, a certain amount of area that's not, you know, where nobody lives there. You But know, two million you people live in Gaza, please. Yeah, two million yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, What yeah. you going to do with them? You have to, you know, there are a lot of them have moved south already, or they should, they should have realized, the, the truth is they should be resettled. Um, and one of the things that UNRWA does is every other, every other UN, the other UN agencies that deal with refugees, the goal is resettlement. The goal with the Palestinians is not resettlement, it's just to keep them there um, to, you know, as, as a force to try to destroy Israel. Um, and that is really, that that's, unacceptable we have to have agencies that want to resettle them um you have to have arab governments that take them in you know a lot of them should, could be in sinai easily um but and how can you know, do that, it that would be that would be the that would be the ideal but at a minimum you have to have um you know you have to have overall military control by israel 
um, and I believe also at least a some demilitarized zone um, so that northern Gaza is not, you know, they're not able to use Beit Hanun and all these areas in northern Gaza to so easily um, send rockets into Israel. Um, That's obvious, anyway, yeah. Um, I agree completely. We should control thanks. Gaza militarily forever. That's not yeah. possible since October the 7th to talk to Hamas to delegate our protection to any structure and to think that all international force is not possible. Now we have to control it. We right. know that the question is, can we? It's two million people. And that's a different question. Now, can, uh, let's get, uh, it's yeah. probably less than that. I, I understand that something like 200,000 uh, Gazans left, you know, recently, even before October, you know, before October 7th. So it, it may be down to 1.5 and it's, um, you know, a lot of a lot of them would prefer to leave. You know, if, they, you know, if they can, if they can, if they can. nobody yeah, wants you know, them. Arab, a lot of the Arab, a lot of the Arab countries should be taking them in. But um, they don't want them. We anyway, know this. We know this. I know, I know. But yes. if it's you know, a lot of they, you know, a lot of them are originally originally from Egypt. You know, if you look at the names, like right. it's uh, Al Masri. What does that mean? It means from from Egypt. Right. A lot of them Al from, is from you Egypt, know, a lot right. of the people who are in Gaza originally came from Egypt. Um. But anyway, okay, about the UN... UN resolution, resolution that's important, resolution. right, right. Yeah, the UN Security Council resolution, that's another issue that I'm, you know, with the Biden administration. And this was just about just one day after the big march for Israel, um, the Biden administration enabled the passage of a UN Resol uh, Security Council resolution, the number is 2712, um, by abstaining. And abstaining... Um, you know, because the United States, as you know, has a, has a veto, so they can stop any resolution they want to. And when they abstain, the resolution go, ends up, you know, being, you know, going forward. So it, an abstention really has the same <coughs> effect as voting for something. You know, at the end of the Obama administration, that's how Obama got this terrible, you know, he actually orchestrated this really horrible anti-Israel resolution that says that, you know, even, you know, the, the Kotel, the, the, the Western Wall and the Temple Mount oh yeah, and, and Jerusalem, they're all, they're all occupied Arab land. Um, and it promoted BDS and it was a huge, usually problematic resolution. And, and at the end of the Obama administration um, in um, 2016, they abstain, he abstained, which was the same thing as... Um, as voting for the resolution and he had orchestrated it. So... Um, Okay, and, and this resolution calls for days-long, urgent and extended humanitarian pauses and corridors throughout the Gaza Strip, not just in the north, you know, not just where um, where Israel is, is um, you know, is, is is trying to get rid of the the Hamas terrorists and and the Hamas terrorist, um, you know, launch pads there, but <laughs> throughout the entire Strip. <coughs> Sorry, and days long, and that's the same thing as calling. That's really essentially the same thing as calling for ceasefires to and it'll enable Hamas to regroup and rearm and reattack Israelis. It also called for continuous, unhindered access um, for so-called United Nations humanitarian agencies, which of course means UNRWA. Um, the other thing I didn't mention about UNRWA yet is also UNRWA is basically is controlled by Hamas in Gaza. Um, most of the UNRWA employees are Hamas operatives. Okay, and so it's pervaded by Hamas operatives. It assists, it assists Hamas. It has this terrible education that teach, teaches martyrdom and, and, and attacking Jews. 
Um, it hides the weapons. Um, and so they're, they're calling for them to have continuous un unhindered access. Um, and also it called for unhindered provision of um, what are dual use items such as electricity and fuel and and as you know with for as you know regarding what happened in Shifra hospital where Israel actually brought in fuel for the hospital and, and Hamas was taking it and wouldn't, wouldn't allow it to go to to the hospital needs you know Hamas simply takes um, these items and um, uses it for attacking Israel and running its terror tunnels um, you know, I know, I know you wanted to speak a little bit about international law. Yeah, we're going to do it after commercial break, Liz. I'm sorry, we have to interrupt ourselves for now and come back like in a couple of minutes and we'll continue. Uh, I also have some great, questions great. about uh, that resolution also. So we'll continue right after those commercials. Liz Bernie. Uh, special director of special project and uh, research department of ZOA Zionist Organization of America, the oldest pro-Israeli organization in the United States. Please welcome back again. Thank you very much for this conversation. Thank you, uh, considering Thank you, that United Nations Security Council resolution, uh, last one about ceasefires, is it little uh, condition on the? I mean, connected to the hostages situation. What I got from it that uh, if Hamas is responsible to get hostages go first, and then they have to do the stuff they mentioned. No, the, the, the resolution did not say that. It called for the release of the hostages, which was the one positive aspect of it. However, um, there's no, t you know, Hamas is, of course, you know, doesn't listen to UN resolutions. Um and it did not connect it. It didn't say the hostages have to be released first before you have these ceasefires. Um, so, you know, and, and you're right. It, you know, that's a, a minimum what it should have, do should have done is to connect uh, any call for a ceasefire to first, you know, having the immediate release of every hostage. But it's not happening. Um, but it does let no. BB a little bit room of room to, like, say, listen. Uh, they don't do whatever uh, Security Council resolutions demands of them. Why should we... How can we proceed without getting something in return first? Uh, that's well, logical. I, you know, there's, no t there's no teeth to this resolution on either side, you know, frankly. Um, you know, and uh, I mean, I, I think... Uh, you know, ambassador, Israel's ambassador, Gil Gilad Erdern, Erdan, you know, said that. He said the re resolution's disconnected from reality and it's meaningless. Um, you know, and it says, regard he said, regardless of what the council decides, Israel will continue acting in accordance with international law, while Hamas terrorists will not even read the resolution at all, let alone... They don't care about international it. law at all. That's absolutely... They that's, don't care, they that's don't not care even, about it. Yeah, that's not even a question. Listen, uh, right. I wanted to talk about international law a little. Uh, according to, I know there's no like set up in stone numbers, but what I've uh, learned in my school, uh, I took international law, I had to, it was one of the core subjects, and they taught me that uh, if you want to kill militant, then collateral damage can be one civilian for one militant a top, 50-50 is a top number, is it true? No, that's not true at all. 
Okay, you, what you have to do you, is you have to weigh your anticipated military advantage uh, against the expected civilian harm. And this is a, prospect, a prospective assessment. So, um, you know, if you're wrong, you know, that doesn't matter. What matters is, you know, what you reasonably, reasonably believed when you make that assessment. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I actually, you know, I was actually thinking writing something about this. Um, you know, Hitler, 75 million people died as a result of Hitler. If you could have taken out Hitler, you know, with a bomb, how many civilians would be an acceptable um, number who, you know, who might have, you know, died while you were, you know, dropping that bomb on Hitler? I mean, I don't, I'm sure you won't say that you, you couldn't drop it if there was more than one civilian. You know, the military advantage would have been huge. And Israel is going after... Um, That's a good major, argument. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Israel's going after the major Hamas terrorists, you know, and, and they, they, they have lawyers embedded there. And a lot of times they'll call off something because they, they feel that it's, there are too more, you know, it's call off an operation because they feel that there are too many civilians in the area, even though Hamas is the one that's putting the civilians in the area yeah. and in the way of harm, which is, which is a war crime. That's yes. a violation Absolutely. of international law. Absolutely. Um, but but you know so they so Hamas makes it very difficult for anybody to you know Hamas's violations of international law make it very difficult. But Israel, under these difficult circumstances, still is making these assessments and it's comparing. You know that that's that's called the um, the concept of proportionality. Right. And proportion again, it's not one by one. It's military advantage versus expected civilian harm. And when you're taking out a major Hamas leader, you know, and they've taken out several of the major Hamas leaders, um, the, you know, that, that's, you know, the military advantage of that, you know, would outweigh, you know, you know certainly would outweigh one, one civilian, you know, on, you know, who was unfortunately in the way. Um, you know, and, you know, a lot of these figures also, you know, I mean, they're so misleading that the, the figures, first of all, the, yeah, I mean, Biden and, and, and John Kirby um, from the administration, both, they both admitted and they both publicly said that you can't rely on and this so-called Gaza Ministry of Health, which is Hamas. It's Hamas, right. Um, for, for the numbers, you know, the prime example was that um, hospital um, that, uh, it, you know, they, they said the hospital was bombed and 500, and immediately they said 500 people were killed. And of course it was a total lie. First of Absolutely. all, you know, they, they blamed Israel. They said Israel bombed the hospital, but in fact it was a Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket and it landed in the parking lot, you know, and it killed a bunch of cars, not a bunch of people. Um, so th this is, you know, and this is typical. I mean, this happened, you know, last year in 2022 when you had the PIJ rockets uh, falling on Israel. And, you know, and Israel did an analysis afterwards and they found out that 12 out of 15 of the, of the children who were killed were, were all killed by a PI, you know, a Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket. Right. Yeah, there have been other analyses um, after other, um, you know, some, some of the other wars, you know, in Gaza where, you know, a third or more of the, um, the the civilian casualties were actually from you know the the PIJ or the Hamas rockets that fell short, and they're including that. So they're including that, and they don't differentiate you know between civilians and you know the, this, this Gaza Ministry of Health. They don't differentiate between the um, civilians who were killed and um, actual terrorists who were killed. 
Um, so, so there's so so such unreliable numbers. Right, that's understood. Liz, thank you very much for that. Uh, I would like to see you like uh, in the, in the show in the in the foreseeable future when I hope already war will be over. But if not. Oh, I, 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 I think so. I, I, at yeah. least at least, yeah, I think by, I, I hope I pray for by Hanukkah already should be over. I hope we're going to win that soon. It's not a lot of time I, left. I, I sh- yes, I hope and pray also that it'll be over and, you know, we, we'll have, uh, that would be a, a great Hanukkah gift to everyone. Thank you very much for that conversation. I hope to see you soon again back on thank, air. Thank you, Carol. Thank, thank you. you. It's always great to see you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Бутик-политик. Сказал, как обрезал.